At the time of the kings of Yarlung, the time which passes is conceived in a cyclic form. It is not linear as is believed today in the West. It is discontinuous. Humanity passes successively ages of different kinds, and these ages of very long duration seem to be numbered in tens of thousands of years. There is first the time of origins, a kind of golden age. It is the epoch that follows the creation of the world by the gods. It is located in a past pass, a happy pass, pomp and prosper. Men and gods are not separated. Beings and all that will populate the earth are concentrated in heaven. They descend in turn, beginning with King Niatri Sempo, founder of the Yarlung dynasty. A thousand legends, like that of the yak and the horse, tell how the earth is peopled with beings from heaven. This age of origin lasts 10,000 years and ends under the reign of the 13th king of the Yarlung dynasty. The age of the declines then appears. The circumstances which put an end to the age of origin are very peculiar. Until then, the lord of the demons, a man named Zozo, was enclosed in the ninth story under the ground, inside nine citadels of copper. He is unhappily released by the Drongzile king, the 13th king of Yarlung. The king himself is attained in his power, two elements that protect his person. We do not know if it is objects, animals, or even gods. Abandon his body to go up to heaven. Then begins the age declines, and evil religion reaches the land of men. The power of Zozo and all the demons becomes stronger. Humanity then passes from a bad epoch to another, even worse. Declines succeed and situations get worse. The gods, little by little, abandon men to ascend to heaven. The mountains of the country are emptied of their presence. The demons extend What you've just heard is an excerpt from an 8th century Tibetan prophecy entitled The Ninth Circle, found in a 155-page study of pre-Zen Buddhist Tibet by Asian Studies professor Philip Siganti in 1998. The original writings were in French, and I stumbled upon the translation on an investigator named Darren Evans' blog. Evans closed out this particular entry, stating, quote, This is by far the oldest mentioning of Zozo being demonic that I have located in the last decade of research. Today we'll be discussing the infamous Ouija board entity, Zozo, and that is Freaky Deaky. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white-picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. I've been here all along. 
Yeah, he's been here all along. He never leaves. He just sits in that seat the entire time. That's his life. We're actually doing a two-part episode sandwiched around a Christmas episode. So this week we're taking part one of Zozo, and then we're going to have a lovely, jolly old time for the Christmas episode next week, followed by part two of Zozo, just to get right back into the freaky spirit, you know? Demons and Santa. That's right. So if you are new to the show, welcome. Christian, I love you already. You're our new best friend. And if you could take a moment out of your time, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're listening on. It's truly the only way that we can kind of bypass the algorithms, grow up the charts and, you know, grow the show in general. So we do appreciate that. We've been slowly getting more traction over the seasons and we're really trying to boom this thing this season to see what, you know, what else we can expand into. And your reviews help us do that tremendously. You can also find us on social media. We love talking to you guys at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at TFD Paranormal on TikTok. If you have an experience with Zozo or anything outside the realm of normalcy, please feel free to send in your story to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We'd love to talk about it. We'd love to hear from you guys. We love hearing your paranormal stories, unexplained, all that fun stuff. And it gives me something to do when I'm sitting here in this chair by myself all alone. Yeah, forever. So that is, uh, I think that's pretty much all the housekeeping. Did I miss anything? I feel like I breezed through that pretty quickly. Yeah, you did. I think you hit everything. Wow. Wow. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment to appreciate that. Oh. Yeah. So today we're, uh, again, talking about Zozo. This is a very infamous entity that people claim to to get in touch with when they're using Ouija boards. And it turns out, just through research alone, that this goes back so much further than even the modern Ouija board. And that is something I didn't know about. To start this off, actually, if anyone isn't aware, I had an encounter with what was alleged to be Zozo when I was living in Las Vegas. And I don't remember what episode I told that on. Were you using a Ouija board? No, but someone that I was seeing at the time did, and she didn't see the entity, but I saw it for three straight days, and I just didn't know what it was. But she said that the name that came through on the Ouija board was, I think, Zozo, and then I think Mama, and both are actually considered to be Zozo, just based on what I found online. Either way, it was very creepy, and I actually believe it was episode two of this entire show that I shared that story. So if you haven't worked your way back, or even if you want to go check it out again, now might be the time to do that. Maybe we'll do an episode just on that story, or not an episode, but like a a bonus video just on me telling that story so we can just throw it up on YouTube and people could just find it whenever they want instead of having to comb through the episodes to find these things. Yeah, don't do work. Yeah, don't do any work. We'll make it easy for you. I have a Zozo story. I I doubt it, Christian. It's about a dog, isn't it? Every time I go to my friend Tom and Katie's house, I wake up with Zozo sitting and staring at my face, ready to lick my face. She's a good dog. I knew it was going to be about a dog. She may be a demon too. Well, most are. Her actual name is Zoe, but that's her nickname. You're welcome. That's very cute. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners are thrilled by that. You got to bring a puppy to the show when when you got demons going on. You got to like soften everybody up. Yeah, let's soften everyone up before we go to possession. Everyone listens to this podcast. You're too hard. Stop being so hard. All right. Uh, to get this going, we'll, I'll, I'll go over kind of a brief Zozo historical timeline, just based on what I could find. And again, a lot of this information was pulled from Darren Evans' blog. I will link it in the show notes if you want to check it out. I'm not sure how regular it is anymore. At the end of part two, we kind of touch on him talking about 2020 a little bit. So I guess that must be... Sp- somewhat recent (laughs) as it was 2020 but outside of that uh i don't know it's design wise it's kind of a nightmare on the eyes i'm a designer and i 
if things aren't clean and it's too all over the place, I don't like it. So, so I went through, I jumped through a lot of hoops to get this information. Is so what I'm saying. designed like barely post MySpace style. Yeah. It's, I was actually going to say MySpace when you, <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty much like, you know, flame background and yeah. all that stuff. And you're like, okay. Okay, man. I know you think it looks cool, but I promise you it does not. Anyway, thanks for the information, Darren. So uh, in the 8th century Tibetan prophecy, mentioned that in the cold open, uh, in 1816, Zozo appeared in the Dictionnaire Infernal. In 1816, in the French village of Tolay, a girl claimed to be possessed by three demons, Mimi, Zozo, and Crapulet. Crapulet. <laughs> Crap roulette. I don't know. One of those three. Louis XVIII even got involved, sending a surgeon and two doctors to investigate. This was discovered to be a hoax. Mm. Indeed. I hate hoaxes. In another book written in 1906 that details Greek tourism at the time mentions that Zozo is a nickname or other term to describe the demon Pazuzu, mm. which we're all familiar with. Exorcist? Exorcist. Uh, in the 1970s, Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page signed new light on the entity via Zeppelin's fourth studio album. And uh, we'll touch on that in a moment. In the 1980s and 90s, Zozo encounters on Ouija boards appear to have suddenly exploded during the early 80s, with stories of these encounters beginning to appear on the internet around the mid-90s. And then modern accounts started coming to light around 2009. And in 2016, Darren Evans releases a book entitled The Zozo Phenomenon. Symbol on the front cover is a symbol he claimed to have seen on the back of a Ouija board that he found in the 80s. That particular symbol bears striking resemblance to the symbol of Zozo, which is an astrological symbol representing Saturn. Hmm. First appearing in capitalistic writings in the 1600s, that same symbol was used by Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page as his personal insignia on their album. Nice. Yeah. A commonly used names that people find when encountering this entity are Zozo, Zoso, Zaza, Zo, and Mama. Hmm. Mama. Yeah. Whoa, Mama. That's a Johnny Bravo reference for all you guys in the 90s. Uh, common characteristics of interaction. Many people that have happened upon this specific demon through Ouija board sessions report similar happenings throughout the encounter. The planchette is often reported as repeatedly moving in what's reported as a figure eight pattern or infinity symbol. Some report that the planchette quickly moves between the Z and the O over and over again, consistently spelling out its name. Other theories surrounding this pattern are also worth mentioning. The theory is that Zozo is not the specific name of a demon or entity, but rather a trick to get you to move the planchette across the board repetitively, possibly opening a portal for the entity to travel through, perhaps through generating energy in the movement. This would explain why the name is so prolific, specifically with the Ouija board. A lot of the accounts I've heard align with this as well, because the word didn't stop at Zozo, rather it was repetitive, Zozo, 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 that has been understood as the name Zozo. And when I came across that, when I, when I heard that at first, I was like, interesting, because you remember we kind of talked about like sacred geometry and and shit like that with Ouija boards like maybe it's not so much the words themselves or you talking to something but actually the movement of the planchette in a shape that would you know open a portal or do something yeah. crazy you know I thought that was one of my weird ideas that you just looked at me like I was crazy when I brought that up no no I did not actually I <laughs> kind of I low-key because I mean look dude and I know this is a weird reference but every single like show you have with magic in it People are always doing weird hand symbols and dancing around, and it's always the movement that kind of like brings these things to life, you know? Yeah. And so it actually is, like, to me, it's a relevant theory to at least look into. I don't know if we'd ever be able to prove something like that. Probably not. No. But, but just the thought of it, you're like, I could see that being a thing. You're familiar with Zozo, right? Yes. Or, or is this all kind of new information to you? I mean, it's a lot of new information, but I've heard 
bits and pieces bits over the years. Pieces, yeah. Yes. And I and I always pay attention to demon stuff for some weird reason. So Yeah, for some weird reason. <laughs> I bet that weird reason is that we have a weird podcast and that, that is that's that's a very good reason. Yeah. That's n- reason number one that I look into stuff. Yeah. Just kidding. I love it. So let's I, I mentioned earlier the Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page angle. Let's touch on that just a little bit. While researching I found a link to a Reddit thread that had a very detailed description of where the majority of lore stems from. Unfortunately, it was from several years back, and the username that posted this particular comment has since been deleted. So whomever you may be, thank you. The user writes, Zoso is the folkloric name, pronunciation of Led Zeppelin's untitled fourth album. It's how people, teenage boys in the 1970s, mostly pronounced the sigil of guitar-songwriter Jimmy Page. Each member of the band had had a sigil or symbol for that record. The symbol is based on one of the 16th century that represents the planet Saturn. Jimmy Page apparently chose it because his astrological sign is Capricorn. Ah, how cute. Hmm. Page had a long-standing interest in British occultism, especially the life and works of Aleister Crowley. Of course. And I would, at some point, would love to go into the haunting of Jimmy Page's mansion, because I think that would be crazy. Or maybe not mansion, maybe just house, but there's some crazy stuff that happened in Jimmy Page's house that I think would make a killer episode. Noted. Noted indeed. It became part of the lore of the very successful album. Suburban teens from the 70s until today have found great mystery and romance in the record. The author Eric Davis wrote a fantastic book, part of the 33 and a Third series, about the influence of this album. Over time, amongst both Zeppelin fans and the fundamentalist Christian movement that was thriving at the time, Zoso became a name that meant black magic, mostly with people who knew little about modern occultism or its interesting history. There is another pop culture reference from the 1970s that may have combined with Zozo to create the popular idea of a demon spirit named Zozo, and it's, of course, the ancient Mesopotamian demon, King Pazuzu. Love that guy. I'm sure you do. This demon appears in both the novel and movie The Exorcist. They find him in Iraq, right? I honestly can't remember. But yeah, I think so. That actually sounds familiar. I watched it recently. Uh, 1971 and 1977, respectively. Or, and in counterculture literature, including books by William S. Burroughs. We just mentioned him recently on something. I don't remember what. Did we? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, uh, the Sidney Gottlieb episode, I think. Interesting. He got his acid, if I remember right. Way to go, William. And here we see a historical demon entity from at least 3,000 years ago getting a big boost from popular culture of the late 20th century. Whatever it is we contact when we successfully use a Ouija board or spirit board, whether something created by our collective consciousness or actual intelligences that exist in another realm, a consistent part of this experience is that the entities commonly claim to be what we want them to be. A dead relative, a historical figure, or a demon you've heard about from rock music or movies or the internet. These entities are dishonest by nature. Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin are, are really fascinating. Yeah. Great music, too, in sure. my opinion. Yeah, there's, little, there's some hits in there, I'm sure. Yeah, a little Stairway to Heaven, that's like one of the best. It's a classic. And then you got, what is it, the Immigrant Song, I think, from that they played so so well in Thor. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Of course, yes. You would mention a Marvel movie. Got to. In the Zozo episode, Christian. I gotta, I gotta lighten this. You don't normally do the dark ones. If we're doing demons, it's gotta be dark, right? All right, so now that we got a little bit of the history surrounding this thing, and we'll dive into a little more in part two. We should get started into a Zozo story. And if you remember when we touched on the Ouija board episode recently, I mentioned an author, Zachary Knowles, and I said that he has several stories within his book on Ouija boards that were surrounding Zozo in general. And I was like, oh, I'm going to save these for 
the Zozo episode. What a fitting place to put it, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, this is from Zachary Knoll's Real Haunted Ouija Boards, and it's titled Opening the Gate. Dina was about 10 years old when her aunt and uncle gave her a Ouija board when they visited from St. Louis. Horrible gift. Don't ever do that. Wow. I think I agree with you on that one. And I don't even believe in that. I know. Yeah. You're like, thanks for this, I guess. Yeah. Are you trying to get me possessed? Are you some kind of demon yourself, aunt and uncle? Get out of here. Yeah. That's how it spreads. Sure. It's aunt and uncles. Well, like her family, Dina assumed it was a harmless game to pass the time. She really enjoyed playing with it and did so regularly over the years. Sometimes strange things would happen while she played, but those weird occurrences never scared her like they did her friends. As Dina got older, she lost interest in playing with the Ouija board. Years later, when she was in her early 30s, she went back to her hometown with her two young children for a visit. Dina's old friend, Murph, had passed away recently. She and her other childhood friend named Buddy went to Murph's house to say goodbye to his spirit. Buddy was a bit of a psychic. When they arrived at Murph's house, Dina felt nothing. Buddy, on the other hand, instantly knew, quote, he's there, Dina. The two decided to go inside the house and use Dina's old Ouija board to try and contact Murph. It was like he had been waiting to speak to them because he responded immediately, moving the planchette quickly around the board. Dina and Buddy tested the spirit to see if he knew things only Murph would know. It was him, all right. The spirit even had the same sense of humor everyone had loved about Murph. He said he was happy, and the three of them communicated all night through the board. The following night, Dina tried to contact Murph again, alone. He wasn't there. Someone else, some other spirit, kept saying, quote, Zozo is coming. Dina had no idea what it meant and kept trying to get the spirit to talk about other things, but all it continued to do was warn her. That night, Dina lay in bed in her childhood home, unable to sleep. She heard the sound of footsteps in her room. Quickly, she flipped on her bedside light, terrified to see a dark figure sitting at her desk on the other side of the room. The dark man faded away in front of her eyes. Dina struggled to get to sleep. The next day, she got online and searched for information about a Zozo spirit and the Ouija board. She found nothing and didn't give it any more thought. A few years later, Dina's now teenage daughter, Jill, brought home a fancy glow-in-the-dark Ouija board. Jill tried it out in the living room while Dina was getting ready for work. Almost immediately, Jill was contacted by Zozo. The spirit said he had been waiting a long time for her to talk to him. He told Jill that her mother had opened the gate years before. When Dina entered the living room, Jill told her what the spirit had said. While Jill spoke to Dina, the planchette moved again. H-E-L-L-O-D-E-E-N-A. Hello, Dina. Disturbed, Dina told Jill to burn the board and left for work. Jill obliged and it ended up being a wise decision. Plagued by the idea of Zozo, Dina did another internet search for the spirit. Now, strange encounters with the demon had appeared all over the internet since she had last looked. All of them were nothing but terrifying. Dina couldn't help but wonder how so many people had encountered the same evil entity she had learned of years before. Had she really opened the gate like Zozo claimed? Interesting, interesting, interesting. So what do you think, Christian? you think she opened the gate? Possibly. I haven't seen Zozo be evil yet, though. I'm a little... Did I miss something? Or we... You would say some shit like that. You would. You would. <laughs> Other people would be like, oh, crap. I like, mean... They open the gate, you're just like, so what? Let Zozo through. Why not? 
You're probably the first person to die in most horror films. I'm just letting you know, Christian. Uh, I'm the one drinking coffee, watching everybody die. I'm, like, smart enough to stay out of those dangerous areas. But I'm also, like, I don't believe that anything yeah. evil's going on here. Well, there is. I, I will say I didn't include any of them in the episode, obviously, because it's a scary topic. But there was, like, uh, several Reddit threads where a few comments were like, I've talked to Zozo. It's not, no big deal. He's cool. He's a cool cat. Like, um, and I, just, you know, and then you read other ones and it's like, yeah, so my friend's head started spinning around and this happened and then my friends died and this person, and you're like, wow. You know, if I was using a, a Ouija board and the planchette moved, whether by the force of my partner's hands or something else, yeah, I wouldn't become friends with anything on there. You just, wouldn't? No. I mean, that's just... That's weird, because I feel like you would be like, hey, it's just our buddy coming through saying hello. I may I may listen to what's being said, but they're not going to be like, oh, Zozo's cool. I'd be like, I don't know Zozo. I just talked to him on the Ouija board. Can't trust Zozo. Well, that might be the first lick of sense you've made in this entire podcast, Christian. <laughs> congratulations. Thank I'm glad you. that if you do come into contact with this entity, you're not going to be like, oh, sweet. Everything's fine. Yeah. By temp fate, man. Don't take chances. Don't take chances, indeed. Say no to demons. I do find it interesting, and I, I think we're going to be touching on it in uh, part two, but I do find it interesting. And I kind of had a, a similar experience where I looked something up and couldn't find any information on it, and then later looked it up, and it was like countless stories mm. of the same thing. I know when I had an experience this thing, I was like, what the hell? And when she told me the name, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's any information online. I just kind of looked it up. I'm like, oh, crap. This isn't good. What if uh, Zozo wasn't very powerful until the internet internet age? That's entirely possible. Isn't that how demons are supposed to work? Yeah, it could be, you know, just lying in wait, waiting for his time. Like, you know what? At some point, something's going to happen and I'm going to rise to power again. Yeah. But we have, as we mentioned in that kind of Tibetan prophecy in the cold open, it's interesting to think about that type of stuff where you have something that is kind of like at that point, it's under nine stories of the earth and copper chambers or whatever, but it's been foretold that it will come back. And that's a long ass time ago. I was a little fascinated that that story was Tibetan. Yeah, me too. It didn't really sound like that was the, the case. Huh? Well, I mean, when you think of something like Zozo, you're going to go to the Middle East a lot of times. It also shows maybe that back in the ancient times, the Middle East and Asia were a little little closer or, or they at least communicated with each other if this demon spread that far. Yeah, it's really fascinating stuff. I don't know, man. Part of me were like, uh, are you like, oh, yeah, maybe it's just everyone's all hyped up and freaking out. I mean, if I wouldn't have seen something specifically based on what this girl told me on the, the span of time that I had when she came to my place, those specific days I saw it. And then on the last day she told me about it. And I was like, oh crap, that's what I've been seeing. I probably wouldn't believe it myself. I'd be like, oh, that's weird. Whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of, there was one story I didn't add in the episode, but Zozo came through on the board. It kept saying window, 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 window. And like, so one of the people got up, went to the kitchen and looks through the window and there's a, a man looking through the window and then just fades away in front of her eyes. You know, and that's one of the stories the girl told me was that she was like, I've never seen the entity, but apparently it follows me around. And she said that one of her friends saw it looking through the window on the second floor of their house where there was nothing the thing could have been standing on. It was just in front of the window on the second story, which is terrifying to think about and why I always keep my blinds closed. Even walking through this hallway in the morning, man, I don't look out those windows at all. I'm like, not today. Not going to happen. Not going to get me today. I get that. Yeah. I think I've told a story about how I wouldn't look in, in the window because I was afraid to see what the reflection was when I had like a haunted experience. I'm yeah. like, I knew better. That's right. Sanity is a very fine edge and you could go off of, you know, fall off that at any point if you look the wrong way or 
yeah. see the wrong thing or mess with the Ouija board, according to you, right? According to so many people. It's right. like, I'm just the speak pipe for these people at the moment. Like, go ahead, browse Ouija board stories. There is so many you can't even count. There's just stories of people encountering weird shit with Ouija boards. And it's just, why, like you said earlier, why tempt it? I'd be the person to be like, yes, they say there's something following me, always there with me, but I don't see it. Yeah. That would be me. Yeah, well, that was also this girl. And actually, when I told her that, she was upset mm -hmm. because she was like, I can't believe you get to see it and I don't. Like, she like was jealous that I got to see the scary demon thing for, like, multiple nights in a row. And she was like, I wish it happened to me. It never happens to me. And then, you know what she did? She left my fucking apartment and I was alone there at night once again with the demon thing. Should have known. So I'm like, hey, you could stay here if you'd like. I wish it would follow you home. I digress. Yes. That's in the past now. Luckily, I haven't seen it since. But it did take like a month for me to feel comfortable in that apartment again. That would be weird. Yeah. It was the first apartment I had by myself. <laughs> it was the first time I had lived alone. One one bedroom apartment. I was like, ah, yes, the single life. It was not the case. And all the stories your mom told you about the real world. She was like, yeah, she was like when you get your first apartment, beware of demons. No. What she probably said was beware of the girls that bring demons into your life. And she would be right. Yes. So let's get into, uh, I, I have a few Reddit stories as well. So let's get into one of those. Uh, this username was redacted. So unfortunately, I don't know who, who wrote it or what, but. I have a theory. I'm sure you do. Zozo. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He's just trying to, he's trying to hype himself up. I mean. He's like fake it till you make it type. He's like, this is what happened with me and Zozo. Computer literate demons are dangerous. That is a scary, scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. And we do live in the digital age, so anything's possible these how do you, days. How do you think we got algorithms? Algorithms. Shout out to Charles Gambino again <laughs> for the second time in multiple episodes. Yeah. It says, I used the board with a friend of mine and his girlfriend. My friend owns a resale shop, and the board had come in through a customer. It didn't have a planchette, so he decided he wouldn't be able to sell it, but made himself a makeshift planchette and played with his girl the night before I joined in. The reason I ended up getting curious and trying it out after some serious convincing of my friend and his girl to do it again is because my friend is not the type of person to make things up. When we started the session, I specifically asked for Zozo since that was the entity my friend said he had contacted. The planchette moved very erratically, usually in a figure eight pattern, but at times would just circle the board as if the entity was impatient. Sometimes it would spell things out with without anyone asking it a question. What tipped me off that what I was interacting with was real is that it knew things about me that there was no possible way my friend or his girl could have possibly known about me. I'm talking childhood experiences, things that happened when I was in Iraq that I've never talked to anyone about and various other things. I asked if it went by any other name and it told me that it did, but when I asked it just repeatedly went back to saying Zozo. As the session went on, it became more and more unnerving, and those are the details that I would really prefer not to get into. I hate when people do that. Yeah. I hate, like, oh, this the crazy shit happened, but I'm not going to touch on that. Yeah. Anyway, back to the boring stuff. No. I've been to Iraq, but this Ouija board traumatized me too much to talk about. Exactly. It did repeatedly tell me that it would hurt me, and I told it that I would not allow it to have that kind of power over me. Its response was, there are many ways to hurt someone. At this point, we decided to end the session and say goodbye. This entity actually resisted allowing us to say goodbye, and it took us three attempts to get the planchette to go to goodbye. Like I said in my original post, I had a very serious downhill mental spiral after this experience and began a series of self-destructive behaviors for seemingly no reason at all. 
mostly heavy alcohol abuse and drunk driving, and just overall general reckless behavior. This is on top of developing an obsession over this entity to the point that the girl I was dating at the time almost left me over it. After a while, I realized that what was going on was not healthy and made a decision to clean myself up and not allow myself to entertain the topic anymore, but it still enters my head from time to time, like tonight. And even after diving down extensive rabbit holes researching, I was really left with many more questions than answers. It's interesting that like that story almost makes Zozo sound like an addiction. Yeah. Which well, it, I can I can see it. Like uh, imagine that you're you do something that number one you don't believe in, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, oh, this is probably hogwash. And then you have this crazy encounter. And uh, it's so crazy, in fact, you don't even share the details of the the crazy shit that went down. Yeah. And then afterwards, like, imagine trying to sleep that night. Imagine laying in bed and being like, that didn't happen, right? How could that happen? How could that possibly happen? But there's no rational explanation for it. There's no way for you to describe to, or even, like, you can't, like, call someone up and be like, yeah, so I need to talk about this. Something weird happened. Because they'd be like, oh, okay, are you mental? Is that... Is that the issue we're running into here? You know, so you almost have to like keep it to yourself. But I just can't, I can imagine that you experience something like that and you would be, there's certain people that need answers, that they see something and they're like, I need to know what this was. You see it all the time with like UFO, like people that witness UFOs and then their entire life after that sighting is, hey, I need to see about UFOs. Right. I need to know as much as I can about UFOs. What are these things? What are they doing here? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that an obsession could form around something like that. I don't know. It'd probably happen to me too. Like that's probably actually the number one reason we even have this podcast is that I have seen a lot of stuff and it's like, I had no explanation for it. And I'm like, I need to, I need to understand what it is I'm looking at. I need to know that I'm not just losing my mind. And through years and years of looking into things, I realized, Hey, I'm not losing my mind. It's great so, news. Yeah. Maybe the super, you know, maybe the supernatural is responsible for us being here right now. You could say that. And, and they're all angry because I don't believe. And that's why I've been brought together so I can bring you to the light of belief. I apologize, all you demons and specters out there. All you ghosts and ghouls. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's that's freaky, though. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack in that story. Yeah. And a lot, like when he mentioned things that happened in Iraq, I mean. How would, how would something like that, like, how would your, if you didn't tell your friends these stories and then you're on a Ouija board and suddenly it's like, Hey, what happened to this person? Or remember when this happened in Iraq and you're like, let's imagine a story for a second in Iraq that maybe didn't go so well. Maybe somebody Mm -hmm. died that wasn't supposed to. And this Zozo knew about it and then mentions it in this Ouija board session. Mm -hmm. And this fact that this guy wouldn't kind of mention the details on sent him into a spiral that included alcoholism and just. Yeah. unhealthy living and that is probably the more realistic way that demons can get into you just hmm. you know leaving you you know adrift yeah well and, there is and lost for a while we've touched on it in the past and i know like I've, I've probably heard it sporadically through different podcasts i know belief holes probably touched on it a few times with the theory of like psychic vampires right or energy vampires that mm-hmm. kind of drain you of your life force not like actual life force but that is just, not a theory that is a fact that is a yeah i know plenty of energy vampires <laughs> yeah spiritual energy vampires let's say that that like they feed off of the the negativity and they so if they find something in your life that that happened that was traumatic to you i'm not saying it brings them great joy but maybe like they use that as a way to kind of worm their way into your life and then they just attack you from that and they feed off of that yeah i don't i'm not even sure people realize they do that 
when they do that kind of stuff a lot of times. I mean, there's some bad people that know exactly what they're doing. But if you really look around at some of the, like, the difficult people in your life through, you know, through the years, most of them weren't out to get you or out to be evil. It's just the way. They were just assholes. We, I mean, like us all, like we all are sometimes. I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway. Back sometimes to people are just assholes. That's yeah. where we're going with it. And it's Sozo's fault. There you go. There yeah, we let's go. bring it back around. Yeah. So that's that was an I like I said, I really, really wish that he would have gone into more detail. Like like I know it's it's painful and it's pretty selfish on my part to be like, give me those painful, traumatic details, sir. Yeah. I need them. But at the same time, you're like, come on, bro. My mind went really dark on all that stuff, obviously, from my little Iraq story I just made up. Oh no, I I imagine if something goes wrong with your platoon or something like that, you're like where you know, you lose friends constantly out there. I, you know, I have plenty of friends that were deployed, multiple, you know, tours in Iraq, Afghanistan, all that stuff. I've heard some horror stories myself. I can only imagine what stories someone like this is kind of carrying around with them. But uh, we're lucky we don't have to carry those stories around like yeah. a lot of people in our Exactly. In our yeah, country. it's a real thing. It is a real terrifying thing. So this next story, and actually before I get into this, I need to put this out there that I, like I can read books on Zozo, I can read all this research and all this stuff, but I absolutely love, and I'm sure over the course of this podcast, people have come to acknowledge this just in general about me, but I love Reddit stories. Yes. I love people that like share their experience pretty much anonymously as as kind of like a way to get it off their chest, get it out there, be like, you can believe it and you cannot believe it. You can think I made it up, whatever you want. I'm telling you what happened to me. I, I, you know what, I, I've, since we started doing this podcast, I've developed a love for Reddit stories. Yeah. It's like a weird way of being in a different community and experiencing different things. Yeah. With other people. True. Yeah. And it's fantastic for, you know, the paranormal and like UFOs and all that fun stuff. There's a lot of great subreddits, but the second, the second you veer off course from those, no, thank you. The political subreddits, everything on Reddit outside of the freaky deaky stuff is annoying. And yes. everyone, it's like an echo chamber of people thinking that they're right and then harping on everyone else for being completely 100% wrong. Let's face it, those kind of things, you know, conspiracies, paranormal, mm -hmm. all the unexplained, people grasp onto and hold it as their own. And it's sometimes can become like a new Star Wars movie release where if it's not exactly how yeah. people expect it to be, it's like fake news. It's Zozo yeah. incarnate. We'll dive into this other Reddit story from user Realistic. Mm. I like but that. But the eyes are ones. Mm. Okay. So it's real ones. One C. I thought you were going to beatbox there for a second. It's, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it goes. I encountered this entity back in September, October of 2007. As another poster said above, I also won't spell out or say the name, and it freaked me out to even read it. I was shocked to see this pop up in my Reddit feed, to be honest. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, and I decided to play, although I knew better, or although I knew better. I played with a board a few times as a preteen, alone at least once, which led to a lot of paranormal phenomenon in my house that my parents also experienced, so I know it wasn't my imagination. But I digress. My now husband and I made a homemade Ouija board and used a shot glass as the planchette. While I can't remember specific questions and answers, as it was 11 years ago, I do specifically recall the name you mentioned being spelled out repeatedly, as well as the infinity symbol. The reason this stuck with me is that, that I've been the type to Google everything ever since Google became a thing. <laughs> Same. So immediately after this experience and seeing this name, I went online to look it up. At the time, nothing came up on this entity. Nothing. 
the name of this thing popped back in my mind a few months back and I decided to research again. Even asking my husband if he remembered our experience 11 years prior and the fact that in my research back then I found nothing about the name, which he verified remembering. Long story short, there's, a, there's now a ton of stuff online about the history of this entity and people encountering this entity. What I take from this is that neither of us were influenced by pop culture. Neither of us had ever heard shit about this thing. Neither of us knew about the Led Zeppelin album, etc. So it wasn't something that our subconscious brought to the surface. This is the aspect that freaks me out the most. This thing came through on its own, and I know for certain that we did not subconsciously spell it out based on a movie we'd seen, others' experiences, or anything we'd heard of, or anything we'd heard of before. I do feel that some of the weird stuff I've experienced over the years has to do has to do with that Ouija board session, but it also could be due to the fact that I was big into EVPs and paranormal investigation at the time, and for a while after, even joining a team with my now father-in-law that I left when I became pregnant with our first child. Sorry for the long spiel, but I hope it helps in some way. I think this thing is real, and I won't fuck with it again. Although I am tempted to watch some of the stuff on YouTube mentioned above, when I delved into it a few months back, it seemed to affect my psyche. I don't know. Maybe if I look into it without fear, it won't affect me. Good luck, and don't fall down the rabbit hole. First off, good idea not taking your baby on ghost hunting trips, because that's how you get demon babies. That is how you get demon babies. Just don't want to take that chance. You can be a skeptic like me. I'm not taking that chance. That's why I live so comfortable in my beliefs, because I just choose not to tempt the gods. Yeah. They're just like, meh. You know. Maybe it's real, but <laughs> it won't touch me if I'm just sitting in this chair for eternity. True. And you're right. True that. What I wanted to say after that story, she touched on something specifically that was, uh, once again, a common thread in these encounters, and that is people that have these encounters do not want to say the name Zozo. He who must not be named. Yeah, there you and, go. and that's a, a a very historic way of looking at certain gods or, or demons Yeah, from pre-Christian days. Yeah. There's things like that. Everything in your life is from pre-Christian days, but yes. Most things in my life. Yeah. And everything before your life was pre-Christian days technically too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but it's, it's a fascinating thread because it's like, and I, even I got sucked into it for a little bit where it's like, I'm not going to speak it. Because everyone says that the second you bring it up, that's when it's almost like kind of the black eyed kids thing where if you start looking into it or talking about it, you're going to encounter them or they'll show up at your door type thing, which well, feels very folkloric in nature. It feels very urban legendy. And I can attest to that a little bit because I've looked into black eyed kids so much now and I have not had a single encounter. Yeah. It's like uh, Zozo's sitting somewhere in, in Asia in some desolate place just chilling demoning and stuff like that and with then, a boba tea in hand yeah and then you then you say zozo here in the united states and his ears like what he's like there's someone i got work to there? do yeah you people that are dying just die i got i gotta go to work that's right I gotta possess another person yeah and then we gotta convince the internet to talk about us what if like this whole thing where people originally re do the research and there's nothing there and mm -hmm. then they come back later and it's there it's like a reverse Mandela effect or something like that. Yeah, it is. It's weird how common that was that people would look like. And I guess it is curiosity. Like yeah. I said, I did the same thing. Like it's not like it's it's out of the realm where you're just like, oh, that's weird. Nobody would do that. But interestingly enough, everyone seems to be doing that where it's like the, the second it happens, like, what the hell did I just encounter? 
They're like, oh, I guess nobody else has this. And then months later, they'll go back and be like, oh, wait, or months or even years later. In this case, you know, 11 years had passed. Yeah. And suddenly the Internet is filled with, and with maybe, stories. Maybe it was all that always there, but the demon algorithms didn't quite know how to get mm. it to us yet. Yeah. Or the demon gained, algorithms hadn't gained enough power to 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 send these stories and these fears into our lives. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out, doesn't it? I mean, if you were a demon, wouldn't you use the internet? If I was a demon, I probably invented the internet. Yeah. It That's seems crazy. like such a blessing to everyone, but in reality, you look at like things like the dark web and, and everything that's come out from the invention of the internet. How much of the internet now do you think is actually good? I think there's a lot of good. We just refuse to use a lot of it for good. The good we focus on the bad, just like yeah. the, the news. All the good websites are buried on page 400 of Google. Yeah. Because they don't know anything about search engine optimization or anything. Right. Like SEO of any kind to get your page to the top. So all the good, all the good stuff is either found through, you know, media or anything like that. You know, it's kind of unfortunate because most of the internet now is trying to sell you something. Right. Myself included. I have technically two webs, three websites that sell things. So, you know, uh, I'm part of the problem. It was me the whole time. It It was. Yeah. It me. Sorry, everyone. It's me. That's what happens when you meet Zozo. Yeah. So not wanting to talk about it. I, I can understand that. I can understand that. But then it's not like that. Just the curiosity just dies after that. We're just like, I'm not going to talk about it. And everything's fine. Like this person, 11 years went by. And then they're like, oh, I remember that time. And then, and still like me, like it's been almost, that was probably 2014. Yeah. Maybe even 2013, 2014. So it's been almost 10 years since I encountered this thing. And I'm. I'm still like, and it's still like, it makes me nervous. It doesn't mm. like, and that was another thing that I looked into. I'm not sure if I mentioned that in part two or not, but one of the common themes with encountering this entity is also like a feeling of heaviness and a feeling of, of nervousness. And granted, that's like the, that's not exactly a firm foundation for this thing is actually a hundred percent real because there, there's a lot of you know human psyche that goes into that shit as well. And so being nervous or, or scared or anything like that is also human nature. Right. So if you psych yourself out enough, then obviously whenever you think of this, you're going to psych yourself into being freaked out and think, oh, my God, he's near. You know, there's been uh, a lot of stories that I didn't include that had that common thing where they're talking to an entity and the entity says Zozo's coming. And that freaks me out for some reason, just, just because it sounds ominous. Right. It just you're just talking to some Fred ghost or whatever. And it's like, oh, oh, shit. Zozo's coming. Like, what does that look like? Is the is the ghost sitting there like next to the, the Ouija board and just looks up it's like, oh, no, in the distance, I see him coming. It's like the Zozo, the boss is coming. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, like if you're in an office and the boss shows up. Yeah. You're like, Here comes Zozo. Everybody yeah. pretend yeah. like you're doing something. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't, dude, it's just weird. There's so many uh, common things in each of these stories that, and a lot of these people are like, I, again, like, in, if you don't encounter it, then how do you know what to look up? You know, how do you know what to research? And granted, there's going to be people on Reddit, of course, that see stuff and just want to fit in. And they're like, oh, I saw it too. And he did this and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, so people can kind of cherry pick the, that information for their made up stories and be like, oh, that happened to me as well. But I think the arch of this entire story is that there's way too many common threads in these encounters to just say that it's nothing. Like, is it? I don't know. I, so, okay. We, we've gone over a few different stories now. We, we touched on the, the past. We touched on that Tibetan prophecy touch on a, a few different things that that link at least the name Zozo, whether it's connected to the, the Ouija board demon or not, to stuff from way back in the 16th century. 
That's a long ass time ago, dude. And in part two, we're going to link something again to something that was like that this Darren Evans guy claimed was in his eyes, the beginning of the end of the world Hmm. being 2020. And I save that juicy bit for the end of part two, because it's something that some people are going to listen to and be like, well, that's complete bullshit. But there is, you know, some some correlations there where you're like, I could see someone pulling this theory out, you know, and being like dusting it off, being like, yeah, it looks like it might be the case, huh? Uh, you know, it's whether there's a real Zozo or not. Once it's real in your mind, it's real. Your mind can't yeah. tell the difference at that point. Exactly. So maybe there's a demon. Maybe people just find it easy and exotic to spell Zozo when they're pushing that planchette around if that's what they do and it's not some supernatural force. Yeah. I'll throw that disclaimer in there. There you go. But um, I don't know, man. It's it's I li- I like stories about like the demons and all that stuff, but because they're entertaining and and kind of scary. Yeah, it's just hard for me to grasp sometimes. Yeah, there was one. I probably won't remember where it's from, but it's like I found a, a grimoire of sorts. Is it grimoire? Grimoire, I think. I would just go with grimoire. The easier way to say it. Yeah, I I found a grimoire. I'm gonna say that like I'm French. I don't know, man, because it's I not couldn't German. Pro- I couldn't pronounce French word earlier, but now I'm just like, it sounds French to me. If it was German, I could help you. It's O-I-R-E, so I fi- I just wah, you know? Wah. Grimoire. Yeah. Sounds like you're eating at a f- fancy French restaurant. I will have the grimoire. Escargot, por favor. I'll get the escargot. Wait, that's the wrong language. S'il vous plaît. S'il vous plaît, there you go. Yeah. Um, But I... It was pretty much like a, an index of demons mm-hmm. through cultures and whatnot. And one of them was Zozo. He was sandwiched between this. And they had like weird drawings for each of them. And let me tell you, Zozo was not an attractive demon. What do you think about the Pazuzu angle? About like them being connected or related? Yeah. It, it makes sense because when you look at, um, especially the ancient world, mm-hmm. a lot of those uh, demons show up in other places, you know, yeah. kind of nearby possibly connected but you can kind of see how the belief in in demons and certain gods spread through that region and yeah but like i said it was fascinating that it was up in tibet which is usually pretty far from the area of demons i mean they do have demons and other religions and cultures but most of the demons we think about come from the middle east yeah, Pazuzu is like Mesopotamian, right? Yeah, which is yeah, the Middle so, East. So. Yeah, you're just like, it, it just doesn't really make sense. You're like, that's weird that there would be, it, does it not make sense or does it make more sense that, that this is possibly a real entity? You know what I mean? Like if it's talked about in multiple co- cultures going as far back as the 16th century and probably beyond that, is it possible that this thing was actually real and that we are maybe sitting on, like maybe it is, because even you look at like Christianity, you look at all these religions, like there's a lot of stuff under the earth that is going to come back pretty much, like break out of these chains at some point and pretty much, you know, overtake the the world for a set period of time. And that goes through multiple religions. I don't, I'm not one that believes that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm but def- if there's anything that you would definitely not believe, I would put that at the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things about the Tibetan things, you said it was in French, right? Yeah. So I would love to hear something older hmm. because. I'm sorry that the 16th century wasn't old enough for you. Well, Christian. that's that's a lot of. Uh, you were in what, grade school around that time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like that's a, a time with. A lot of anti-demon propaganda that sounds weird to say but you yeah. know that was in the in in the air at that time a lot of christianity and everything was demonic i'm pretty sure and i'd have to look into it a little bit sure but there's got to be something older like i want something from mesopotamia mentioning this i want some inscriptions 
yeah of what might be a demon that look that might be zozo that would be fascinating that would be interesting because there's there's another and this is one that i kind of tied in like when i originally this is 10 years now ago so i can't really i won't be able to like pull information as fresh as i'd like to from my mind but when i first saw this thing and i was looking up zozo there wasn't correlation with pazuzu but there was correlation with azazel Mm. which is if you want to get as you know well, see, and that's about that, as old as you can get. If you're like, and grand, this is we're talking strictly Christianity. Was but, Azazel the one that gave us weapons? Yeah. Okay. So, like the fallen angels or whatever, Azazel was one of the the angels that fell. That I think he was responsible for uh, teaching us to craft weapons and the beautification of women. And there were other good things in there too, but the weapons and weapons and makeup was pretty much, which is what a contrast. <laughs> you know, be like, all right, guys, now you can kill each other. Ladies, what about that eyeshadow? Let's get started on it, huh? I picture him in like a barber chair, like a stylist chair, being like, so anyway, what's the hot goss? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a weird way to picture Azazel, but like Jose Hebert. There you go. Reference yeah. to something you and I saw on TV recently. That's right. Yeah. Jose Hebert. <laughs> I didn't even know the name. And you're like, he's still around? I'm like, my mom oh. used to watch him. I'm telling you, that that's was a weird. long time ago. And he, that, that's why I was yeah. shocked. That was probably roughly around what the 15th century was that the no <laughs> <laughs> it was late 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 16th early 17th century yeah, that checks out yeah so that's if you're looking for something even older like I wouldn't be able to help outside of Azazel because as far as my religion goes like that's beginning you know well, that's the dawn of time and the dawn of creation and the no, fall of man and all that like so Azazel's pretty old and yeah that's almost like if you can find information that's that old that's pretty interesting it's hard to for a lot of stuff because there wasn't a lot of writing back then i mean it's all book of enoch stuff so it's kind of like yeah that's about as that's about as far back as i can get i don't know researching anything further but i don't know man you know i picture for a moment just believe that there are you know demons under the earth in captivity or whatever for a prolonged period of time and at some point they break free and they, you know, are able to, to reign over the earth or like just whatever it is demons do when they come, <laughs> come up on the earth, hit Starbucks. I don't know. Who knows? But whatever certain people predicted will happen to our world soon. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. And that's the, that's the 2020 thing we'll touch on in part two. But, you know, people are expecting this thing like the, you know, beginning of the apocalypse or whatever. And they're visualizing it in their head like demons are going to be falling from the sky. And, but what if it is more subtle and it's just like corruption of humanity? That's like the slow decline of humanity over time where it's like there was demons at work, but you couldn't see them. Like it's it's run more like a business. Like we're taking humanity in this direction and you're not going to notice it. Like I said, Zozo is coming is like, here comes the middle, the asshole middle manager. Here comes the Reaper. Yeah. So, you know, when you say business, like all of a sudden we're out here looking and, and predicting demons and fire and brimstone. Yeah. And half the time we should just be looking in the mirror because we've got this crazy stuff in our head that makes us treat other people like crap that's how demons would work oh exactly and there's like i forget who what his name was but i remember jake sent me a video a while back and he and he was like it sounds crazy but just watch the video and it's pretty much this preacher coming about like how you know his his dad when he was growing up his dad worked for satan Oh my gosh. Like the actual Satan. He said that he would see Satan in his living room, blah, blah, blah. He was like, he did his bidding, whatever. And it's like, he's like, people expect this, this crazy stuff to happen. But in reality, the demonic world works as a business. 
And it's like, you have people in this sector taking over this area. And it's all under the guise of some shit that you probably wouldn't recognize because it's not, you know, like you said, fire and brimstone. It's just slowly taking, maybe corrupting morals or corrupting people in power. And so it's like a slow kind of pivot from, oh, everything's going good. And then over like a course of 10, 20, 30 years or whatever, shit just hits the fan over and over and over again. You're like, okay, things are just getting worse and worse and worse. So are the demons coming soon? But in reality, you're like, well, the demons have been here doing shit, man. It's the people that, quote unquote, were of faith that didn't hold up their end of the deal to keep them at bay. You know what I mean? The the spiritual people in the world, if you want to take that angle, got lazy. And we're just like, oh, if I go to church, everything's fine. What if they got distracted and that was the whole plan? That probably was and to some extent. I don't know. Like, it's just crazy, dude. It's all it's crazy. And it's weird that like I can watch a video like that and be like, oh, this does seem kind of batshit crazy. But the guy's kind of convincing. <laughs> you know, you know like, once, once you said little. <laughs> yeah, once you said preacher, I was like, oh, he's one of the demons. Yeah. But is he one of the demons or is he someone that because his his whole story is absolutely insane, man. Like he was driving around the city and he's pointing out buildings. He's like, yeah, this is where I used to live. And this is where, where this happened. And he was talking about people like getting assassinated and shit like that. Like it put hits out on people. You go, you kill someone, you get some money, blah, blah, blah. Like it was like a whole like underground crime thing. But it was. Yeah, I mean. I know, and I know it's hard for you to grasp, and it's hard for even a lot of like it, believers to grasp. It's it's good for donation. It's a good story for donations. I don't trust it. Um, but like I said, if demons were around, hmm. it like you said, it would be business. Yeah, and you know maybe heaven's the same. Maybe maybe there's just there's two businesses, and our our souls are the product. A fun way for us to close out this episode. To you're rest, wel- you're welcome. I always yeah. bring the fun. Uh, yeah, yay, everyone. <laughs> yeah, hell's Walmart in heaven's target uh, yeah 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 i don't know man i don't know but well let me ask you this like if if there was definitive proof not only of zozo but in demons in general would you believe this guy's story more not the preacher he wasn't always a preacher he became a preacher later on yeah and well, it wasn't even like really like a preacher preacher he just go he's a speaker he tells it's called a testimony christian and when people get delivered of life of sin christian they yeah. will give their testimony in hopes of inspiring other people to share their stories as well and you, some stories are out there you're telling me this like i don't know what any of this is i just don't a mansplaining christianity to you I, I just don't trust preachers. They have a bad reputation in a lot of cases. Yeah. I'm sure there's good ones. Oh, for sure. But I've met a few good ones. Yeah. But we, you know, the ones we see on TV aren't generally good ones. That's why we go to YouTube, <laughs> which is where I found this guy. No, <laughs> no. Well, not I didn't find him. Jake sent it over. If you yeah. guys want to laugh at someone, laugh at Jake. I mean, it's fine. Doing, it's fine to to follow these people, to believe in them. It's just I'm very, I don't, I don't have trust wow. for certain people in power regardless of where that power is yeah interesting now see when you say you don't trust preachers i'm down with that to an extent like i don't trust it's not just preachers like it's, prosperity gospel and all that shit I don't, you know yeah. there's certain preachers that i obviously will yeah. never trust because it's just about money yeah the only one you do trust i believe is joel osteen right oh man he's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's my favorite. I'm yeah. still waiting. He told me, let's just hide some money in my walls. Yeah. Just give, give me some of your money to hide. And yeah, don't let any of these immigrants into the building when the town is flooding, but yeah. keep this money safe in these walls. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to invest it in Bitcoin. I still haven't seen that money. And you never will. That's what happens when you follow ads on YouTube when you're fo- watching crypto YouTube, right? It's I not thought smart. crypto YouTube religion, it, I, I felt like it was a calling all of a sudden. I mm. thought it was a sign. Yes, yes. And speaking of signs, I believe this is a sign that the episode has gone off the rails. 
So we're halfway through this two-parter on Zozo. What are your thoughts on Zozo? To close us out, what do you think, Christian? I'm still not in the not in the game with demons. Hmm. I need a little bit more evidence. Hmm. Yes, of which course. is hard to come by because demons are ancient, and a lot yeah. of ancient evidence has been destroyed by various people. True. Um, we had the uh, the Library of Alexandria. What if you know, there's all kinds of demon information in that library where it was like, like a just detailed descriptions of everyone. There, sightings probably, to... there was probably all kinds of information that we, that would help us a lot now mm. if, we, if it was still around. I think about that at least like once every five months. Yeah. I'm like, damn, what, what was in that library? What you a know? loss. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, damn, that is a lot of information gone. You know, if anything, it was just a, a better understanding of our past. Yeah. All the stuff that was lost. You know, maybe how the pyramids were built, you know, maybe maps of places we shouldn't have had maps about, you know, different Atlantis. religious beliefs, probably a bunch of demons because, you know, they were bringing in, you know, scrolls from all over the known world at the time. And yeah, there there were demons in that world. And it's kind of I mean, it's kind of on them. It's like when you have a hard drive and you're walking down the stairs and you actually drop it and then you're like, oh, I hope this still works. And you plug it in. And you're like, nope, it does not. And you're like, well, that's 10 years of my life that I'm never going to get any information yeah. on again. Well, and now that place had been around a long time and it was supposedly pretty safe. And then some religious fanatics mm. didn't like some of the stories that were in there. Yeah. But see, again, that's on the people that were there because they should have had a backup. And that is me calling out me from 2015 or maybe 2016 when I dropped my hard drive walking down the stairs and all of my design work from the previous 10 years disappeared into the ether and i still i was embarrassingly this, enough i still have that hard drive hoping one day that i can figure out how to get it to start up again there is a way i've yeah. done it there's what there's a way i've done it mm. if you're gonna say put it in the freezer no and then plug no. it in again it doesn't work was this before or after zozo that you lost this after it all makes sense this now. was a couple years before i came up here i was walking down the stairs all like a dumbass with my external hard drive sitting on top of my laptop and, da, 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 and it just plop plop bloop but it fell onto a carpeted stair and i'm like okay bro are you that are you that fragile and they're just right out the window 10 years design work gone demons man they'll get you freaking zozo every time so anyway, again, part two of this is going to be coming out, not next week, but the following week, because next week is the third annual TFT Christmas special. And Christian and I are putting together some ghost stories for you guys, because that is a tradition of old. And we're like, yo, let's keep that tradition going. I like that tradition. Yeah, we're just going to find some ghost stories every year, drink some nog, decorate the studio, film a couple videos for you guys, and have just a jolly old time. Ugly Christmas sweaters and all. I actually have a brand new ugly Christmas sweater. Is it a freaky deaky ugly Christmas sweater? No. Well, then you shouldn't be wearing it, Christian. I'll be wearing my freaky deaky one, too. You're a monster. Two. You're a monster. But I have two sweaters for the first time since I was a child. Wow. You hear that? All your support has been able to get Christian two sweaters. Keep that support going. We have a merch store on the website at thefreakydeaky.com. Uh, got some fresh beanies up, guys. I'm rocking one right now. It's got the Bigfoot on it. It's very subtle, very minimalist. Doesn't have any branding for the Freaky Deaky at all. It is literally just an embroidered Bigfoot with the Alaska hand sign, and it's pretty dope. And let me tell you, I, I said in the last episode that I would order one, and I would let you know if it fits heads that are just gigantic, and I am pleased to announce that it does. 
unlike the Amazon beanies that I purchased previously, this one, this waffle knit beanie actually does the trick. So this this beanie would fit the head of a gray. It would, probably. Yeah, so yeah. if there's any grays out there listening, head on over to thefreakydeehee.com and get you a waffle knit beanie. It's available in several different colors, at least by the time this episode comes out. I hope it is. If it isn't, comment on the episode at Pod on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, or TFT Paranormal on TikTok. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, as the most recent story said, if you look into Zozo, beware that you don't fall down the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. The rabbit hole.